Okay, we're going to start out with um, Luke 5, 17 through 26. And um, I'll just read that for us. The title is, Jesus Heals a Paralytic. On those days, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, who had come from every village in Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed. And they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles in the mist before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately he rose up before them and picked up what he was lying on and went home, glorifying God. And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary things this day. Praise be to God. So next slide, please. What's the first call out that comes here? What is the emphasis of this? That Jesus is God. He is a part of the triune God. And he has the power to forgive sins. Setting for that is, um, just so you can know where we are in the timeline of Jesus' ministry. So he's already picked some apostles. He is one year into his ministry. He just picked Peter, Andrew, James, and John. He's from Galilee. And he's gone all around Galilee teaching. So people are getting excited about the message. He's already healed a man with an unclean spirit in Capernaum. He's already healed Simon's wife, who lay sick. Healed her. She got up to serve them. And from um, Matthew and Mark, we get he had just healed a leper who came to him. And this is the leper he gave a stern warning to. And it's like, don't tell anybody. Just go to the temple and be clean. And what did that leper do? He went walking and leaping and praising God. I mean, how could you not? So the word is spreading quickly that Jesus is the Son of God and that he is forgiving sins and that his message is loud and clear. Um, Pastor Bill talked on the tax collector last week. After this, this miracle, um, Jesus calls Levi just in that. So the Pharisees were indignant here. They were like, who is this man? Blasphemy. Um, and this was in spring of AD 26. So just timeline-wise, um, with the Pharisees going on them, we step forth in John to AD 27, um, later on in the fall, in, in John 5.18. Um, this is why the Jews were talking all the more to kill him. Not only he was breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. This is after Jesus healed 
the, the man at the Bethesda pool on Sunday. goes further. In John 10.30, later in that year, Jesus gave his famous, My sheep know me. They hear my voice. They follow me. Finishing up in verse 32, saying, I and the Father are one. Those verses have been debated in massive debates with Muslims, Jehovah's Witnesses, as far as Jesus is establishing himself with the authority of God, but the debate is he's not really saying he's God. When Thomas in John 10, John 20, 28, went and actually touched the holes in Jesus' hand, he said, my Lord, my God. And Jesus said, you know, blessed are you for, for believing, but even more blessed are those who have heard and not seen. You know, I watched a Muslim debate on that with a, um, a Christian apologist, and, and, and the Muslim wanted to go to that scripture. And it was amazing, his um, debate tactic. And when you hear, and this is a prevalent thought amongst people who don't believe that Jesus was Lord and God, he said Thomas really was basically saying, like, oh, Lord. You know, it was an exclamation, not actually my Lord, acknowledge him as Lord and God. It, it, and if you read it in the context of Scripture, there's no way you could come up with that. Jesus clearly established himself to be one with the Father um, in that and many other verses. Tara actually, um, in Togo, had a Muslim approach her. And you know, they will talk about Jesus, definitely. And, and, and this Muslim man was like, you know, Tara, Christians and Muslims were a lot alike. We love the Lord, absolutely. And, and we're both called to do good things. And basically, you know, God will decide all good things we've done at the end of our lives. And, and then he will reward us accordingly. And, and some to eternal life and some to hell. And, and Terry was just like, no, no, no. You don't understand. That is not the Lord I worship. The Lord I worship sent his son, Jesus Christ, to forgive us our sins. Which goes back to John 10 for I and the Father are one, to say, my sheep know me, they hear me, they follow me. That's why I do good works. It's not because I'm trying to tip the scale this way. I mean, we could not ever possibly do that. We know our sinful selves. Just walking in the Spirit, um, you will do good things. And that was a dividing line. And, and it was like, well, okay, we'll agree to disagree. And, and he walked away from her that day. But basically, he was wanting her to do a good deed, which she did in the name of, the, of Jesus. But she wanted to be very, very clear on why she was doing this. Next slide, please. So we'll get to the miracles. The miracle or miracles here. What do you think? How many? Were, was there one miracle or several here? Let's read Miracle again real quick. What was it? And when he, Jesus, saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and Pharisees said, Who speaks blasphemies? And when he perceived their thoughts, he answered them, 
Why do you question your hearts, which is easier to say your sins are forgiven, or rise up and walk? But that you may know that the man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man, I say to you, rise up, pick up your bed, and go home. That is amazing that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, could forgive sin. That is the miracle. It, It was basically just an expression of his love that... He said, okay, and by the way, rise up and walk. That guy actually died later on, just like we're all going to die. We're in these sinful bodies. And so it's such a temporal thing to say, right, to, to count the actual healing of the disease as the miracle. But actually, and when I was in Scripture this week, you know, up until this point, that really is. I mean, all the miracles, you, know, you talk about the miracles, and you, and you typically don't say, well, the real miracles that Jesus, God's son, was here. It's just like count the miracles, you know, the clean leper, the paralytic here. You know, all those guys died. Um, it's a great way for us to get sidetracked in this world, too. I, when um, one of, I met a missionary in in um, Togo, who went to a, a um, charismatic church. And, and I don't want to get into doctrines of cessationism, which is there are no miracles, no faith healers nowadays. I, I in my heart of heart, believe that God is God and he can do anything he wants, and we still do see miracles today. But it is, a, it is definitely a sidetrack, and, I, and I, was, I stay with this Christian family here um, at this church, and they said, hey, have you heard of the Lakewood Revival? And I was like, no, I haven't. And it was Pastor Todd Bentley, and he was like, it's all over YouTube, and it, it did look like Todd was doing some amazing things. And people were coming up, and he was going, be healed, and, and getting out of wheelchairs, all this stuff. And I went, well, let's see if Todd passes the First John four test, and First John four is is very clear on testing the spirit. And so, go to First John four and, and follow me through it right now. It's First John four one. Test the spirits, beloved. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. But this you know, the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. So, I mean, just, you know, telling these people and, and going through YouTube, the next video after this Lakeland Revival was Todd's testimony. I mean, and this is like 10 years, or 10 in 2009 or so. And his testimony was that Jesus revealed himself to him by teleporting him as a teenager up to a spaceship that's orbiting the Earth. And Jesus um, walked up to him when he was in the spaceship and stuck his hand in his stomach 
and pulled out um, blessings and then bestowed them on him. And from those blessings, that's how he got his faith healing. Does that sound like you're, you're professing Jesus Christ in the flesh as the Son of God? And, and I'm, I'm showing these people this video, and they go, I know he's a little off there, but you, you should just, you should be there. Okay, like that year after I left um, this church, that year Todd Bentley um, left his wife. It, it had been discovered he was having affairs with several people on his staff. And it's just discernment, folks. It's just scripture discernment. Why was it so clear to me that this was a phony? And a lot of people in this church were just completely sold out on him. When you put anything before the word, whether it be a miracle or experiential stuff, emotions, wealth, anything like that that goes before the word, and you, it is an antichrist. It will lead you down a false road. Anybody here, a lot of people were here, um, in the Harris um, presentation last, last Friday night. You want to see a miracle? They're coming back in April. And, and actually, they're, they're coming in February, the third week, the week after we leave um, of February. Now, it's a week after the Gospel Crusade. Um, for another presentation here. I don't know if they're going to do the miracle. We'll get the word out to the church. You know, anybody who is here and in the spirit was humbled in the spirit. I mean, mean, if you were not humbled that night that that they gave the story of their daughter, Whitney, um, you were not in the spirit because people just were weeping and, and left this church with such... Glory to God. We were all walking and leaping, praising God. Weren't we, church, the ones who are here? I mean, it was just incredible. So many people have asked me, hey, can I get that video? Is that on YouTube? It's, it is not. It, they are not at that point where um, in, their, in, in, in telling a story, remember, it's still pretty new for them, too, of putting it on YouTube. Um, perhaps someday, but... They definitely, um, and I've asked them about that, when they come back in April, they're definitely going to share that story again. And um, I just encourage you, if you've got anybody, you know, struggling family members or, or, or friends, please try to get him down here. But them down here. But once again, the miracle in and of itself is just... If you're depending on the miracle, I mean, this is good testimony, but it, the spirit has to be alive here. So it's, it's a great story, and um, it, it's a good story for the post-weekend of, of, of our gospel crusade. And it's basically rejuvenation, and that's what Whitney's story is all about. It's not just one miracle. I mean, for those of us who were blessed to be able to see God's hand through this process... Like I tell my wife, it was like, you can't count up all the miracles. I mean, it just, you know, and in this half circles uh, in naval aviation, we have these holes that line up in Swiss cheese. And if a hole lines up the whole way through, you know, you can put a laser beam through all these layers of Swiss cheese. That's when you have a mishap. Well, this is the reverse of that. God lined so many impossibility Swiss cheese things up that he bore a hole through the whole block of Swiss cheese to allow his grace come forward 
and witness life. So, in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Do you not think that a missionary family going to Africa, that the devil would love to take their eye off of their purpose and mission and devour someone close to them. And, and we all thought that was going to happen. And, and thus the miracle that, that, that God in his grace, and when you responded to that grace, um, it's a great story. It'd be a great movie. And I just can't encourage you guys enough to come back and, and see that when they come back. Next slide, please. So that leads us into sin, which, is, which I've said before is a true miracle, that Jesus Christ said your sins are forgiven. Sin's devastation. You know, Pastor Nathan preached on sin a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to ask you, was, was I the only one in, that missed the double allegory? So, you know, it was in Galatians 5, works the flesh, and they were going down... 395, and he made the wrong turn, and, and, and he was heading, he wanted to go to Bakersfield, he was on Highway 14, and instead of going west to Bakersfield on Highway 58, he goes east to Las Vegas, and, and recognized that four corners. So does anybody, that's, the allegory was you take a wrong turn, instead of going to, you know, Bakersfield, which is God's purpose, he, he went away, 180 out. So what's the double allegory? Going to Vegas, Sin City. I have to ask Nathan if he even got that. Okay, so the Pharisees actually believed in original sin. Jesus preached original sin. Original sin goes right back to the serpent and Eve and Adam in the garden. In, in Genesis 3, they ate the apple. One chapter later in Genesis 4, Cain kills Abel. A small disobedience to, thou shalt not surely die. Just do this one little thing. And then your sons murder one another. So when it comes to sin, the Pharisees... The Pharisees took a very, very legalistic view. Um, and they relied on, on traditions to protect us. And, you know, Baptists have never done that, have we? Don't drink, smoke, or chew, or hang around with anyone that do. Uh, in Matthew, in Matthew um, 15, it explains the Pharisees' views, but really good. It says, The Pharisees of the scribes came to Jesus in Jerusalem and said, why do your disciples break their tradition of the elders? For they don't wash their hands when they eat. And he answered them, Why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of tradition? For God commanded you, honor your father and your mother. Whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or his mother, what would you have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father for the sake of your tradition, you have made the word of God void. You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy over you when he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they worship me, 
teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Fruit of the Spirit versus works of the flesh. Back to Pastor Nathan a couple weeks ago. Uh, next slide, please. So, just a quick reminder. What are those works of the flesh? Pretty bad stuff there. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. And what does it say later? Those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, taking the pharisaical legalistic view, how do we ensure we don't do those? Let's create a nice little rule book that's going to prevent me from getting close to that. Muslims do it right now. That's why Tara sent me, I will not ever show this to anybody. She sent me a picture of her getting out of a, a tree yesterday in one of those long dresses that goes down above her ankles. And I was like, oh my goodness, she's going to die. Because, you know, getting out of a tree, you kind of need to move your legs around. You know, she, you can't wear shorts there because it's a rule that if a Muslim man looks and sees anything ankle or above, it can cause him to commit adultery. So that's unclean, therefore rule, and, you know, and, and all kinds of things, the bells on top. Let's just have a nice little padded rule book to keep us safe. We know that doesn't work. The first thing a Muslim guy asks me in England, he walks in my office and he goes, Hey, um, Kang, call sign Kang. That's my nickname in the Navy. He goes, hey, Kang. And this guy was a very devout Muslim. He goes, um, can I have your horn collection? And I go, Muhammad, I don't have any porn. And he goes, oh, no, no, no. All Americans have porn. They've got tapes and stacks of it. I go, I don't. And he goes, really? And, 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 and I kind of had a similar conversation with Tara about, I'm a Christian, and fruits of the Spirit versus works of the flesh. And I go, but just back to you, why would you do, I get you, your workspace theology, why would you want to look at porn when you know that that's bad? And he said, well, you know, it goes back to the good deeds outweighing the bad deeds. So if, if I do a bad thing, I'll just do extra good things to give alms and things like that. You know? So, what's a Christian answer to this? I said fruits of spirit. What, if you keep reading in Galatians 5, it says, now if you are in the spirit, their works are obvious. And what is that? Love, joy, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Does that sound like in a rule book? That's just fruit of the Spirit, to be in the Spirit. It's a supernatural act. We can't rule ourselves to be gentle, to be patient. Trust me, I'm not patient. We can't do that. We have to, we have to draw from the Holy Spirit to do that. Remember fire and brimstone sermons? Everybody been to one? When it's like, if you do this, you are going to hell. I actually... Um, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, and, and um, my dad was converted in a, in a little Baptist church there in Shelby, Ohio. But it, they really did not have fire brimstone sermons. It, it was a Northern Baptist, and, and it definitely preached 
doctrines of hell. And, and Lovell Elkins, who witnessed to my dad, um, definitely said, you know, Fred, this life is temporal. After this comes judgment and eternity. And you want to be in the book of life. And my dad responded to that and gave us gave his life to the Lord, completely changed him. Um, he was one of those guys who then went, you know, walking and preaching and praising God. He joined ambassadors for Christ, went around and, and did evangelical things. And that excitement was just very evident to me. And, my, and it was his whole family just wanted in on it. We, we came to know the Lord. Well, pretty, I mean, from that time, church all the way through, um, and I'm going to flight school in Milton, Florida, and I go to a little Southern Baptist church, and and I got my first fire and brimstone, really personal fire and brimstone. I mean to tell you, this pastor was basically looking at me the entire time and pointing at me, saying, you are going to hell if you don't repent of your sins. And I was just sitting there with righteous indignation. I was like, does he know who he's talking to here? I have not done those things, and, and, you know, I'm here at church, everybody else is nursing off hangovers on a Sunday morning, and, you know what, I never came back to that church, and then, and then that little bit of pride took seed, and I thought, I can just take a church break here while I'm in flight school, and I'll pick up church later on. You know, in your 20s, you know, everybody says in your 20s, kind of your prodigal route, but I know what I'm doing, and, and I'll start going to church later. And I'm telling you, by the grace of God, I was saved. I started going down the same road that everybody else, that road. Apart from the Spirit, it's just little by little, folks. You, if you think you can take a break, if you think I can get church and podcast, or I can... You know, I'm going to take a God vacation. Satan will go have a field day with you. Right back to, to the Peter passage. Repentance. What did Jesus say? In, did Jesus get fire and brimstone? I mean, the, the current theme is Jesus did not get fire and brimstone messages. It was kind of hang out with sinners, you know. It, it, the real secular left, it's like, you know, you'd almost think he was smoking a joint with him. It was just like, it was just chilling. When John the Baptist came to the world, in Matthew 3, he said, In those days, John the Baptist came preaching to the wilderness, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So he's the one heralding the Savior. When John the Baptist was arrested, and this was just a chapter later, and Jesus really started his full-time ministry, Matthew 4, 7. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When Jesus forgives sins, it's absolute forgiveness. Does that mean we can just keep hitting the reset button and go, Well, God's grace is good. God's grace is amazing. Paul answered that in Romans 6. It's like, what, what should we say then? Are we to continue a sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who have died in sin still live in it? Do you not know that 
all of us who have been baptized in Christ were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of the Father, we too walk in newness of life. How amazing. In Matthew 10, the my sheep know me, they hear my voice, they follow me. When they, the Pharisees want to stone him, he tells his disciples, and the same message holds true to us, you'll be hated by all for my name's sake. You're going to be hated. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Later on in verse 28, he says, Do not fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. That sounds like a pretty good fire and brimstone message, doesn't it? That's from our Lord and Savior. Next slide, please. So, church, we're in a season, um, it's kind of a topical season. The elders actually don't like topical. We, we like to stick the word, but there is a place for it. And, and uh, we've got the Gospel Crusade coming up, and, and this is a time when a church for, in the church of the community, can actually refocus on the true message of the Gospel. It should be embedded in us, but, you know, just like I do yearly training on airplanes. You know, I shouldn't know it all year, but I get like a surge a week-long surge where they, they re-institute everything. This is one of those times for us. And this is a time that's meant to get us excited about telling the word. And, and when the Gospel Crusade comes in February, we don't go, okay, great, we did that, we're done. But the ideal is to let this be your recharge, let this be your refocus, let uh, the, this be the time when you just really go to God and say, make those connections with me and then continue that spirit throughout. Be vigilant. Back to, back to Luke 5, it says, And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, for they were seeking to bring him and lay him for Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in, they turned around and went home. It doesn't say that. Oh, you've nailed me on it. No, Amanda back there. They actually did some pretty amazing things. They got a guy on a stretcher, on a roof, dug a hole in that roof, and lowered him down right before our, our Lord and Savior. That's the passion that we, I pray that we have as a church, as an individual. It's, it's not have the church as a hired hand or have this guest speaker as a hired hand. I want to be one of those four men who has that passion. It's like, with the lost, with the hurt, let's get you in. Let's, let's tell you about this amazing guy who can forgive sins, brings hope, brings restoration. And, and, and the guy's like, okay, if you can get me there, kind of take me. And then the measures that they went to get him in front of Jesus are amazing. And Jesus, that was the thing. He saw their faith. To see that faith, he graced, just graced out the whole crowd. Let this be our passion. We all have busy lives. We all have things to do. I'm, I'm going to be gone for intensive training for eight weeks in Dallas. I'm starting in February. Do I just hit pause on 
my walk? Do I hit pause with, I'm too busy, Lord, I can't even do devotions. Sundays, I'm going to sleep in. You know, and, and pray for me in that regard. Pray that you know, I have a Bible-believing church that I can go do while I'm in Texas. Pray for God to plug me in there. If they need sound while I'm there on Sunday, I'll plug in and do it. I mean, pray that God gives me passion and a hope while I'm in Texas and, and, and gospel opportunities there. I'm pretty sure I'll, I'll have it with the aviators I'm with. I mean, I'm going to be with 24 guys in my class. So what an amazing opportunity there to take this passion during the season. I'm going to miss the Gospel Crusade, but maybe I can have my own little mini one when I'm away from you all. Let's go to the Lord in prayer with that. Lord, we, we thank you for this miracle that we, we got to talk about today. Dear Lord, your son was sent to this earth as a sacrifice for our sins. Lord, that should humble us all. Lord, we just pray for the, the opportunities to take this message to the lost. Dear Lord, we are surrounded in this day by the lost. It, there used to be a time when you look around and it's just all church friends, not so much anymore. Lord, we, we live in a rebellious time in a society that's rebelling against you. Dear Lord, we ask forgiveness for that. Lord, if there's anyone here right now who has not made that commitment, maybe they've been a Pharisee their whole life. Lord, we call upon the Spirit to just impress in their heart to come and give their life to you. Say, Abba, Father. Dear Lord, let them know they can do that right now, right where they're sitting. They don't have to walk an aisle. They don't have to walk in back. They can do it in the privacy of their own prayer with you right this very minute. Dear Lord, let that be their prayer today. Lord, we, we pray that we can use this passage as a leap board to go to the lost. These cards that, that Karen has given us, let that be the conversation starter. Let that be the way to, to, to get the door open. And then let the gospel and the spirit fill in from there. Lord, empower everyone here with that excitement to do that. For asking in your name, amen.